This is Nick Flanagan Weekly. You're listening to it. And I apologize if I'm popping a bit. Look, I've got a new mic. It's it's not a new mic. It's actually an old mic that I used to record this show on until I got my hot new setup, which I can't figure out how to make work with my current computer. I can still record on it, but sometimes it's just a little easier to plug and play, as you may have heard the expression about. This is a Nick Flaney Weekly, a show wherein I talk and ramble, and sometimes I get into the serious stuff, other times it's just wacky. Today it's a little bit of both. Um, we have an interview. Today I'm talking to Brad Pearson, but I'll get into that in a minute. Um, yeah, I couldn't do a podcast last week. Things are so crazy now. There's not enough time. I'm always exhausted. I have not had COVID, but my gosh, have I? I mean, sometimes I just need to nap. Maybe I'm getting older. I will grant you that. In fact, it's my birthday soon. But whatever the case, we are here. And I'm trying to make it work. And sometimes when I do that, it just means I don't have time to do a podcast. But hopefully you like my last one where I got into Will Smith and how he says he has ADHD, and I'm pretty sure if he's been treating it, he's been treating it Hollywood style. Look up the expression Hollywood sober. I think, you know, you'll find out what I mean. Um, yeah, and thank you to anyone who's been listening. It seems like there have been more listeners lately. I really appreciate that. And it's a bit of, I've done a lot of comedy. Maybe that's why I've been able to do a podcast, because in between all the other stuff I had to do, I've done like two, three shows, which is a lot by my standards, and they've all been really fun. And if you're listening and you're someone who puts on comedy shows or you want to see me in your town, hey, hit up weeklypodcast at gmail.com, W-E-A-K-L-Y podcast at gmail.com, or find me on Instagram and Twitter. Send me a message. Hey, Nick, we want you to play your show. We'll give you 20 bucks. That's for local. <laughs> Not that you need to pay me, but at this point... Let's try to sort out how our shows can all pay each other. Which reminds me, I actually need to pay some comedians from the last show I put on. Look at me, egg on my face. Um, don't look at me if there's egg on my face. You don't want to see that. That's gross. Anyway, today's interview is with also R.I.P. Gilbert Gottfried. Just found out today he, he died. Another great comedian. Gone. One of my faves. One of my all-time faves. Just a true, ridiculous personality. I have no idea if it makes sense to people who weren't around in the late 90s into the mid-beginning of the 2000s how offensive he was and why it was okay. And just how ridiculous he was. He was not totally far from Andy Kaufman, who I have been revisiting lately and I still love. So it's kind of nice within all of that, at least remembering what we love and why we love it. So try to remember that when things go south in terms of death. Also, now that I'm in the, just talked about death, I want to say whatever your feelings about the American war machine or the Russian war machine or this horrible situation in Ukraine and why it's happening, just before you think about any of that, just think about the human cost that's going on and think about the people in Russia who maybe don't support what's happening. Because 
Let me tell you, I'm in touch with a few of them. They're out there. Are they still in Russia? I'm not going to tell you. But, you know, not everyone over there is um, supportive of what's going on, which should make those who are sort of maybe making a bigger deal about global politics have second thoughts about this particular situation and what's happening in the moment. Let's be in the moment about this. You know, we, I, I know America has done a million messed up things. It's just that you can't deny there's a messed up thing happening as well. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about this. It's because it kind of drives, it, it, it's just on my mind and I needed to get it out there. It's out of my mouth. I'm going to leave it at that for now. Put a pin in it. And I'll talk to you about Brad Pearson. Brad is the host of a podcast called Self Worst, which I've actually been on about a year ago. Hopefully I make it back. We're trying to sort something out. And uh, he, it's a podcast that's not totally dissimilar from mine in that he try, he kind of tries to talk. He, he tries to focus. It's vulnerable. God darn it. He talks about failure. But he also talks about succeeding. He just talks about the struggles of people with different kinds of brains. He lives in New York City. Can you imagine? And, uh, you know, Brad's uh, a really thoughtful guy, uh, hardworking. He's done so many episodes of this podcast. He hasn't stopped. He's a great Instagram account, SelfWorst. Go to SelfWorst.com if you want to read about it and listen to episodes, or you can just find it on all the podcast things. And um, I loved our talk last year. I love their talk this year, um, where I turned the tables and had him on my podcast. Just kind of caught up with him, talked about ADHD, um, talked about how he managed through the pandemic, talked talked about gratitude a bit, and lots and lots of other stuff. Obviously, we took some tangents. And yeah, you should definitely check out Self Worst. It's, uh, it's really good. And you should check out this interview. And... Um, he has a Patreon. I, too, have a Patreon. I'm not trying to steal your thunder, but if you want to support me, you can go to the Patreon, or you can go to ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan. Um, throw some bucks your way, my way, from your way to my way. And we should have some other interviews coming up soon. I know I've been saying that for ages, but I'm finally getting to it. And... I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking, and I've got some episode suggestions from uh, Fiona, one of our big-time listeners, and uh, I'm really into the suggestions she sent me today. I haven't even responded about it yet, but it's great. It's a mu- it's a request for me to talk about music, which I'm pretty much down to do. And uh, in case also you want to know, here's an exclusive for uh, podcast listeners: there is going to be a wrong hole show soon, relatively soon. I'm talking to Andrew about it. I'm in the band Wrong Hole. I'm the singer. And uh, I'm the singer. I'm the singer. And I'm excited to plurform Blive soon. However, this episode has nothing to do with that. This episode's all Brad Pearson all the time. Here's my chat with Brad from the Self Worst Podcast. Sorry about it. I remember, that's okay. I remember talking about your uh, mustache. I do have a mustache. Yeah. Can you? Uh, it was a beard at that time, though. Oh yeah, it was a beard. It was a it was a beard. Yeah, you you it, it evolved into the mustache. I like the mustache though. Thanks. I I, I, can, I prefer it. 
Yeah, you're you're more in, it's it's more your style. Yeah, I've never had a mustache before, so you know that's cool to have a mustache. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you. Sweet. Um, I'm glad that I think we're we're kind of past the the point of like the ironic mustache now, and now it's just like mustaches can just be sort of like yeah, I'm a guy with a mustache. I'm not trying to like be a hipster right. dickhead. Yeah, I think you know, like it just—it just, it just it, like you can just walk around with a mustache. It's not that big of a deal now. It might be an aging thing too. I'm a little older, so I don't know if it's just like ironic choices. You know, just don't look ironic when you sort of convey in a certain age. Not that I'm sure what age I convey. I like your beard though. Thank you. I trimmed it a little bit uh, over the last uh, week or so. It was getting a little bit too. Uh, I it's my beard isn't thick enough to like grow as like fat and lumberjacky as I want it to be it just looks sort of like scraggly and neck beardy so I've found I have to keep it kind of closely cropped yeah but I, I can't go clean shit like with the long hair clean shaven that's just a weird look uh, you know it's, it, you have to have some sort of facial hair as a man I think if you have uh, long hair otherwise it just looks kind of strange have you had the beard and the long hair for a long time <clears throat> No, I mean, I've just been constantly growing out my hair for like the course of the pandemic. Uh, I, I, this is the longest my hair's ever been. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I think it's working out. I like it. I've gotten used to it. It had kind of an awkward adolescence where it was sort of triangle shaped and not working out so well. But we're, we're getting to the point where we're like, oh, cool. I can have like ringlets. And it's unruly. It's hard to manage. You, you, get, you get a rainy yeah you got a rainy day or whatever you got a humid day you go to the gym or what like you sleep weird like it just looks fucking insane so it's it's a lot but it's you know i don't know worth it i think you just got to be careful at concerts right like if you're at a concert and you're head banging you know there could be sweat beads in your ringlets that might land on someone nearby and of course that's maybe- a yeah i mean that's a covid hazard it's a COVID this point. I don't know if I mean it's sweat germy I feel like it's a salty water I don't know yeah I don't know I don't I, I feel like yeah diseases tend to not be I don't really know it, uh, germy. that's no it, it might be I don't know pee not germ yeah my guess I I guess not you could probably drink somebody with like Sick you can you can pee. you can sweat on people you can pee on people but and that's fine at a concert it's just etiquette as much as anything and the fear whether or not sweat is a germ carrier it's like if i mm-hmm. got sweat in my mouth which happened at a ween concert many years ago you got a stranger's sweat in your mouth absolutely this guy was like thrashing around his sort of dreadlocks more than ringlets but oh dreadlocks Ween, ween dreadlocks you know what i mean ween fan dreadlocks yeah so white guy dreadlocks very unwashed very I mean, un not to go on a ween tangent but as you know when i was first listening to ween it was very personal mm-hmm. and when i discovered that they were kind of like deadhead style fans you know i was i was pretty blown away but and i probably i feel like i told you this the last time we talked somehow, but I probably didn't. Um, Ween used to have this thing they might still call Boognish.net. It was like an unofficial Ween hub that fans mm-hmm. made. It had a forum and people were talking about comedians on the forum and someone said that 
I was a funny comedian. And this was in like 2006. So I was very encouraged. I thought I was on. Well, that's nice. That's, yeah. that's, that's great to hear. Were you, were you doing comedy uh, back then in 2006? Comedy forever. That would be amazing if I wasn't doing comedy and someone said that that would be, <laughs> you know, but yeah. I've been doing comedy for a really long time. Right. It's weird. Ever since you, ever since you started, you know, web 1.0 ween message board days, that's ancient. I mean, dude, you like my internet comedy interest has been for quite a while. It's uh, at least in 2000, there was a website called the special thing and all the, it was basically, uh, it was a Mr. Show message board. And I know I've talked about this on the show before, but it's interesting. It was a Mr. Show message board that had this, no, it was actually like a weird flash golf game message board. Hmm. But there was a separate one that was called, um, it was called Mr. Show and other comedy. It was like a subsection. And, and it was all run by this guy, Matt Belknap, who became <clears throat> the co-host of Never Not Funny with Jimmy Pardo. Right. And all the comedians from LA who had been on Mr. Show were, were posting on it. So, and, and New York ones too. So it was this weird go-between of cult comedy and then the people who were doing it and still trying to further their careers. Uh, interacting so whether it was doug benson or or pat oswald louis C. right and kirkman uh and and they would even recap the comedy death ray uh series of shows which became comedy bang bang the live show at ucb um in the one that's by the scientology building and, right and uh yeah and then there was like a richard Pryor message board i was all over a local message board i was all over and I feel like there was one other, yeah. So, I mean, and, and Norm MacDonald, the fake news yeah. net was a really early Norm MacDonald fan page that I was part of. Again, it had a forum. So I actually kind of made friends with like these other Norm MacDonald fans. And, um, you know, he's gone now. Back before fake news became a thing, yeah. you know, a, a whole different thing. It's funny, it, it, a, a few different scenes. Who could have guessed the, you know, the, the, the dark destiny of a term like fake news? Because, I mean, I'm sure the expression fake news has existed for a long time, but Norm MacDonald really would start his Saturday Night Live by going, you know, welcome to the fake news or whatever. Right. And uh, Trump probably watched one or two. Oh, yeah, he was, he was watching that. I mean, it was... All so that motherfucker does is watch TV. TV. What? All he does All is that he just watches TV. Does. Yeah. I mean, you know, not to discuss Trump. What are you drinking there? I am having a high life. Well, that's nice. I got my uh, I got my usual podcasting cocktail, which is one high life, one seltzer. And I feel like that usually gets me through a good hour. That's or so. I've got just a, like a sippy cup of water. It's, it's a mm. nice big bottle, but I realized after I bought it, it's sippy. So you have to like, is, is that one where you have to like suck out of it? Yeah. Or you, you pour it back? Oh, no. Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, it's actually easier. It's just sort of invalid which I can live Right. With, you know? <laughs> um, so last time we talked was on your podcast. Yeah, that's true. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, for the listeners, I, I run a podcast called Self Worst. Mm-hmm. We talk about mental health, uh, art and day jobs and capitalism and labor and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And, and we had, uh, I, I had Nick on about a year ago. Something yeah, like that. it was almost... I feel it, like was, it was a little later in the year. I think it was like springtime-ish. But anyway, like it was fairly close to, you know, we're getting there. We're, getting we're there. coming up on a year. Um, and uh, we, we talked about ADHD, um, mm-hmm. which is a thing we're both, uh, you know, dealing with, managing. Um, I, I just, just before I logged on here to this Zoom, uh, I, had, I had some real uh, hallmark ADHD moments. I took a nap. I, um, I had to, I wrote myself a note, Mm. just a a note on a piece of paper, because I knew that I, I can kind of rely on phone notes to, to do certain things, or sometimes I'll write stuff with, with a Sharpie on my hand. So it's like right there. So I don't even have to like, I won't lose the note. But I wrote a note reminding myself to pick up some keys that I need for work tomorrow and put that like kind of in the mouth of my open backpack. So that when I grab it in the morning, I will see the note that says keys. I will remember to go get the keys before I head to work. So I won't be at work and be like, oh, fuck, I forgot the keys, which happened to me last week. Completely ruined my fucking day. Sent me into a whole tailspin. It was not good. So I'm trying to stave that off here. I mean, there is even a book called ADD Stole My Car Keys. So obviously keys are a big a big issue i i've had a bit of a game changer key wise where i have a key uh like i have a a little change purse that's connected to all my keys it's wonderful you know it's just big enough for my pocket i've got all the Mm -hmm. change in there and then i have all the keys it just feels do you do you use change a lot yeah is 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 change like a common? Do you use coinage a lot in, in like Canadian currency? Is is does it come up more well, yeah, in like U.S. currency? We, like the U.S. does have dollar coins, but they're sort of we don't really use them much. Yeah, but but we have a two dollar coin and a one dollar coin, and they uh-huh. are in circulation, baby. So yeah, I'm throwing them all hither and thither, you know, hmm. giving them to someone maybe once in a while who might ask for money on the street. Tips, right? you know and, and i mean that's nice I, I i wish we dealt with more coinage you know it's like nice to have like throw a coin down on a bar or whatever like ping like it's it's, it's nice well as someone have them jingling around in your hand yeah as someone with a card i'm like i guess i'll use a cashless place but the whole cashless thing seems like i don't want to encourage it you know i don't like the cashless thing it's actually uh so far as i know it's illegal in new york to run a cashless storefront Wow. Um, I've, I saw some places trying to do that like early on. They're like, oh, we're a cashless business. And like that immediately kind of, you know, stopped me in my tracks. And like, I was like, why does this make me feel weird? Oh, because not everybody necessarily has a credit card. Like, you know, like I don't I don't know anybody who doesn't. But that doesn't mean that that doesn't exist, you know, and like it just doesn't. It seems like there's like a certain like class echelon that they are trying to keep out of their business by excluding people who are outside of the you know digital money yeah uh, it, it feels that way and actually you mentioned baby geniuses on the episode of your podcast that i was just listening to and mm-hmm. i remember emily heller who i do know and she she posted 
about uh, cashless things being weird, and I agreed with her. And then something, a classic Twitter thing that probably gets a ping every time cashless is mentioned was like, you guys are wrong. Right. But, you know, I have a lot more space for cash only than I do for cashless. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, 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 I get annoyed sometimes with the cashless business, but usually it's because it's actually like a very like charming old school, like New York business. Cheaper. Like there's, you know, like, yeah, it's cheaper a lot of the times. It's simpler. Uh, it's usually like a little like mom and pop place or like a little like, kind of ratchet place. And um, it just, it, it, as, a, as a New Yorker, like I've, I've lived here for over a decade and you know, like you learn cash is king you gotta have cash on hand like at all times because you never know if you like run into like some bodega or some dive bar or some like you know sandwich shop or whatever and they they only take um they only take cash uh and, and you know then you gotta scramble to an atm and blah 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 like so always have always have a 20 on you you got to you might want to buy like a chinese bun or something it's true there's a lot of good chinese buns at cash only places that's not like a euphemism in case you think anyone thinks I'm being. No, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm fond of all buns of all kinds. I, I the term buns, you don't hear food buns, um, hair buns, uh, butt buns. I, I'm, I'm very fond of, of the buttocks. Nice buns, uh, like something in the 80s, like women, you know, it was sort of encouraged that people would say it about like hunks. Yeah, hunks and buns. Yeah. I, I feel like. Uh, Buns is probably my favorite word for butt. It's it's very cute. It's um, it's it's silly. It's it's not necessarily sexual, you know. Like I think butts in general like are kind of cute and and funny and not necessarily like they don't need to be sexualized. They can just be like because everybody's got one. It's not like genitals or tits that like only butts some. Have a lot of great euphemisms. You are so yeah, but everybody, regardless of Wrong. their gender identity, their their genitalia, they have a butt. Boom. You know, um, tushy. I mean, it goes yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, they're just they're they're cute. They're funny, and sometimes sometimes they're like you know, sometimes they're hot and sexy. Sometimes it's like a oh check out that that is that is. That is a great little uh, tush tush. That is a great little set of buns. But you can also but like a it can also just be like, baby, oh, there's you know, a cute little butt. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Babies have cute butts. Dogs have cute butts. You know, like corgis. Like, it, it, it can be it can be just like cute and innocent. Well, then maybe I did use the mean the word butts. Maybe I meant you might Chinese. Well, because no, I was talking about Chinese butts, so I wouldn't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I had an ADHD. I've had like an ADHD pandemic. <laughs> yeah, how have you been? Um, how's how's the um the Omicron wave happening uh, going up in in Toronto? Because it Horrible. feels like it's kind of starting to yeah, decline yeah. here, and we're kind of like we're we're, we're it's passing. We're coming back out of it, and like it, it yeah. feels a little safer to go out again. But January oh, was damn. brutal. Let me tell brutal. you, brutal. It's been yeah. such an interesting experience for me because we i went with uh, my partner to scotland of all places at the end of the year uh 2021 and i the whole time beforehand i was just like i can't believe i'm doing this i mean wow like i'm going on my first trip is this safe is this a good idea the uk seems kind of like we like wild in terms of their treatment of COVID and the amount of COVID that was happening in the 
months leading up to Christmas, like like in December especially in November, with Omicron, was pretty f stressful. And then as soon as I went to Scotland, the week I went to Scotland, Omicron was all over Ontario and Toronto especially, and you saw in New York and you know in Toronto. Yeah. LA like everyone I knew was getting COVID and it was just and I was ducking so close to different people who had it and somehow didn't get it and then while I was in Scotland I was just looking at all the things happening in Toronto and I was like it might be safer than I'm here even though you know I went to pubs here and there and yeah was in Glasgow for for periods of time but all it needs all you needed to be was like one step ahead of the wave like the next week it might have been it might have blown I up there just move from country to country province, to province. And honestly like it, it's it's crazy how weird it, like it all happened here it felt like it all happened within like three days everybody I know in New York got fucking COVID and then what I somehow didn't get it. I don't know. Or maybe I did and I was asymptomatic, but I was testing a lot and it never came up. It didn't come up on the PCR because like I took a PCR and a bunch of rapids because we were going back home to Nebraska to uh, visit my folks for Christmas. So we wanted to be really careful and make sure that, you know, we, we were pretty positive that we were negative. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, it, it uh, somehow didn't, happen i'm kind of i'm kind of incredulous that i haven't gotten it like i i some part of me is like i had to have maybe i got it like earlier in the year and it just came and went or something like i don't know where when there's I no way i didn't get it talking like this i'm like oh better knock on wood because it just seems like pretty random you know weather. yeah it's just it's it's nuts like I, every like i was at this birthday party that just like turned into a super spreader event basically yeah. <laughs> it was just yeah. like like the the group email from that party that was like organizing that party it was just like uh just started off like a couple days later it was like on a sunday that wednesday uh one person one of our friends was like i have covid and then just it was just this like cascade yeah. of covid and like i was talking face to face with those fucking people like right up in their grill like pretty sure i shared a joint with a couple people who tested positive i somehow didn't get it i don't know i don't know i yeah. I, I, I mean to answer your question earlier about the pandemic and it was when we were getting subsidized you know i wasn't wouldn't say i was doing extremely well but i was definitely not as concerned yeah month now as i am about just and i'm still getting slightly subsidized i mean canada is all right for this but I, this month like january was just so hard and um the over the summer i was doing comedy but but fairly rarely uh compared to a lot of comedians and that was great and the summer was nice and, and but it was really hard to sort of set goals or really to just get back on track for me. I mean, it's, and even yeah. the podcast, I love, I've been doing it, uh, but, but it's been really hard to edit interviews. You know, I've only, d I have a couple of interviews in the can. This one's going to be a little easier because the other ones have some technical stuff, but, but, and that was really painful for me. Like, and, and now it's like, I'm in February and I'm just like every month it's like, okay, how am I going to make it to rent? 
you know, and then yeah. and stuff. So uh, the whole lifestyle I've led has been very up and down with in terms of making money anyway, but it's just like you get older and then it's just, oh. But, but yeah, so at the beginning of the pandemic, I was kind of trying to do a few things to like better myself or I thought so, like voice uh, work lessons or whatever. And now it's just try. And then I accrued all these items with the idea I would resell them. And now that I'm, you know, in a rent crunch, it feels like I'm really at the point where I really need to resell them because my apartment is very hoardy. Luckily you can't see the floor. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I do see the Homer Simpson and the minion behind you. Yes. Those aren't going anywhere, but <laughs> those are, those are mine. Those aren't for sale. I love those. those I, I'm keeping those that, like shelf or whatever. I'm probably mm -hmm. trying to get rid of some of those. And then, I mean, even the stuff that isn't being sold, I'm just like, should I sell this? Like I'm looking up right now at my, video game collection and i'm like will i ever play bro pro bass challenge and then i'm like but if i sell it i'll only sell it for like five dollars so i might as well keep it you know right. will i ever play what's a game i want to keep that i'll probably never play wild arms three right or two which i also have wild arm is that the one the the game with like the you're, you're like the robot guy with the long arms no, that's Bionic Commando, I think. Okay. I don't know. This is uh, Wild Arms is a JRPG, as they call it. A ah. Role-playing game. Started on PlayStation 1. I've got Wild Arms 2 for PlayStation 1, and then I have Wild Arms 3 for the PlayStation 2 console. Uh, but yeah, so, so you know, the, the and I'll, I'll be honest, uh, medication has probably really been very helpful for me under these circumstances, mm. you know, being having medication for all this. And then also it's, it's really just the sort of, uh, bulwark. It isn't necessarily making me like, feel like I'm thriving, but it's stopping me from like too many cyclical thoughts and, or, you know, right. using thoughts and, but like compulsiveness, impulsiveness, strange logic, I'm still doing all that. Do you do you do you have to deal with that stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean, especially during the last couple of months when like we had to kind of go back the fuck inside and sure. wasn't able to do, wasn't able to socialize as much, wasn't able to go to like the gym, you know, like um, I've been sort of tentatively uh uh you know dipping a toe back in in going to the gym again now because it just seems it just feels safer i don't know like I, I ain't an expert on any of that but like it just feels like we have I, to do something We're at the we have to do yeah exactly we have to fucking do something my, my logic uh, is, sorry to interrupt my, my logic is um we we have like we actually need to push it to the limit of what's safe rather than overdo it because we will go crazy i'm not a parent you know i'm i'm i just think i'm not saying like go to a rave or even go to a comedy show i'm just saying like go outside if you don't have your mask on it's probably fine you know go to stores put your mask on hope for the best like 
go to bars now that they're open. Hope for the yeah. you know, I don't know. You know what's funny is a couple of weeks ago, um, a, a buddy of mine, former guest, Andrew Hillary, um, he runs a podcast called uh, Worst Week Yet um, out of Pittsburgh. And he uh, wanted to do an episode with me, like a, a bonus episode on his show, where he was basically kind of telling me the same thing that, that you're telling me, where he's just like, I'm going fucking crazy. I have to go do like, I, I, I want to go do comedy. I want to go like see my friends. I need to go see something because like, it just feels like there's no end in sight. It's the middle of winter. I'm losing my fucking mind. And I was like, I was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably fine if you're taking precautions and like you know you it just not overdoing it you know i think yeah i i think you know the idea of me doing three shows four shows five shows in a week i guess i'd probably do it but i'm <laughs> cautious about that i mean you know like i don't know what the access is to like testing like home tests rapid tests and stuff in in canada but like they're again like they were really short for a while there like around christmas like i had to smuggle a bunch back from nebraska to new york and give them to some of my friends because like you could not find them anywhere here but then back with me yeah so i now they're available like you can just like walk into a walgreens or whatever and, and pick one up for 10 bucks but um I, I think that a lot of just like the anxiety about going out, going anywhere can be mitigated by just testing frequently. And, uh, you know, I mean, being vaccinated, trusting that the vaccine will work. Everybody I know who got it has, was vaccinated and boosted and they were fine. You know, like they were maybe sick for a couple of days, like they had like cold and flu things for like three days and then they were okay. You isolate if you do get it. And that's it. Like, you know, like, don't like, um, I don't think you necessarily, you know, throw caution to the wind and like, be like, oh, it's all over. COVID's fake. No, you know, like, just like be like a complete fucking Floridian about it. Right. But like, you know, just, yeah, yeah, just, you know, like, just, just, just like, take it easy and try and like live your life in, in, in ways that you can. Cause like, yeah, you're right. Like last year, um, I was talking about this earlier too, like last year it felt, almost felt, I dare say it almost felt better in a way because even though we were like, like about this time last year, some people I know were starting to get the vaccine and it felt like there was like an end in sight, but it also felt like if you're not vaccinated yet, there were rules and parameters and it felt like we were still like maybe going to get some like you know some some assistance some some subsidies you know like it felt like there was some sort of oversight managing what we were supposed to be doing indoor dining was shut down and like you know there was there was like rules and there was rules and there was an end in sight and then they just sort of turned into this nebulous nothing over the summer where they're like everything's open again but should we be doing this and then like now it just feels like when does this stop when like How do now it's just like okay go back inside and that's the socially responsible thing to do but then like till fucking when till when yeah and i think that it's being you know eased back 
it's not like we but that month or so of january where mm-hmm. there was just very little to do and there was uh it, it was just very very much a, a drag it was a big drag dude it was fucking brutal i mean we were all inside it's the middle of winter it's the darkest part of winter you live in toronto i live in new york city those are very dark gray cold cities during the winter you know like it's it's just you can't fucking do anything like i was losing my mind i mean the weather thing is is enough when it's not even a pandemic time people sort of mm-hmm. isolate here sometimes during the winter anyway just because it's such a hassle getting around but yeah during covid it was just like we luckily live in a building where there are like friends and stuff so mm-hmm. we have been able to socialize with them again it's something where it just would be like what am i gonna do not you know i'm not gonna go upstairs and crack a few brews with some other people who don't do very much you know what's their risk and uh yeah but what have you been doing uh coping mechanism wise have you been able to the gym is obviously one you're dipping your toe into now I'm I'm getting back to the to doing the gym uh, as you know as as measured and safely as I can do that. Um, during that month, though, I mean, I was trying as hard as I could to keep a workout routine at home, um, and just like going back to that, going back to just like because I do like Muay Thai and I do kettlebell stuff. Um, you know, just like on my own and sorry, what? Furious gym. Yeah. I mean, uh, a, a fairly intense workout. Um, but, uh, just doing that, going back to that, like after being able to go back to like hitting a heavy bag, um, was like a fucking, like, I, I, I only did it a couple of times during that entire time. Cause I was like, this is so depressing that I'm back here doing this again. Like, just like, just shadow boxing alone like the guy from old boy like you know just 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 fucking losing my goddamn mind you know and like it was hard like i luckily you know i had a lot i have a lot going for me like i i do have a job that at least like gets me out of the house every day uh gets me out into the fresh air i you know I have a, I have a, a, you know, cute little apartment with a, you know, cute girlfriend, cute dog, all of that stuff. So like, I had like a nice base to, to sort of like stay in just like, okay, well, we'll just hang out in here and we'll drink white Russians and we'll watch Star Trek TNG and we'll just, we'll just chill. And, uh, it'll be kind of, you know, like, like 2020 again, I guess, you know, <laughs> like we've done this before, uh, never wanted to go back to it, but here we are. And, and, you know, like, it, I, I don't really know, like I was, I don't, it's hard for me to answer like how, like what I was doing to stay mentally sound um other than like trying to force myself into a routine trying to force myself to exercise and trying to force myself to keep producing the podcast uh so it felt like i was at least doing fucking something yeah the podcast i mean as much as i was saying about interviewing it's it's fun to do it's just for me and and helpful it's 
I just am so, you know. Oh, I only did one this week. Oh, I only did two this week. You know, there's no, like, I get frustrated even though I do it, and then I have to kind of walk myself back from that and say, it's okay, man, you did one. And then the question is, are the podcasts, you know, am I doing it? I'm doing it for other people, but, you know, on some level I also have to admit I'm doing it to keep myself uh, busy and sane and as creatively sharp as I can and as curious as I could be while talking over people also. And, yeah, so, you know, I, I, and your podcast, how has, has that evolved since I last talked to you? Has it evolved at all? Have you just felt more comfortable in your chats, you know? Um, I don't know if it's really, like, changed much. Um, I've just been sort of on a grind. Sorry, what? How's it going with the podcast? How's it's that? going fine. Um, I I just finished an episode uh, before I started talking to you. Um, and I rewarded myself with a nap. That was nice. I, I finished an episode, posted it. It's scheduled to go out tomorrow. Um, I've got a couple interviews coming up that I'm looking forward to. Um, and it's what feels really nice about it is I think it's I don't know. Like, I don't look at my download numbers. I don't look at how many people listen because it just hurts my feelings. And I just, I don't like, I, I don't want to do that to myself. So I just keep chugging along and making it and assuming that I'm hoping. Yeah, just, I, don't, I, I just, I just assume that, you know, just like I'm putting it out and maybe people listen to it. Maybe people won't. I don't fucking care. Um, but it's been getting a little bit of traction. Like, it's like I've gotten shout outs on other podcasts. I've, um, you know, I've, I've met people and, and just like sort of branched out and like more people are aware of the show now um, and being able to like, you know, briefly, uh, as it were, uh, come out of uh, quarantine and, and like actually go meet people, you know, like in, in the real world and in, in the flesh, in the meat space um and 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 talk to people and just be like here i'm the guy i'm the guy from the podcast i really exist and like you know like can talk to people and like you know rub elbows or whatever like yeah it's finally starting to like kind of feel like oh i'm a guy who has like a thing like i actually have like you know like i'm not just like this like floating consciousness that nobody is aware of like i actually sort of exist and people are like oh you're that guy like, right that feels good yeah, I think I'm still in the like feeling invisible and small portion of the pandemic brain, uh, but that's not accurate. So I just tell myself that and then I move on. And it's like, that's great that you're uh, feeling that warmth from people. It is really nice to get uh, that kind of validation, especially when you're doing like a podcast like you're doing where I think the intent is to try to find people who relate to you. I mean, I think that's why we have these conversations and chat online and stuff, you know? It's like, uh, and when I have that with listeners and when they contribute, you know, I ask silly things on my Twitter and people respond and I read them sometimes and uh, it, it feels really nice. And, I, you know, I, w I would equate it with or not equated, but like the best feeling I remember getting was when I was in bands or my one band specifically. And a couple of times people would say to me stuff like, you know, 
don't please don't stop you know and it it would say oh this is like kind of meaningful to you and uh, I, I I have not had people specifically say please don't stop but I've had enough people go oh this is fun I mean it was really cool getting to do these zoom comedy shows with uh, this management and with and their stable people some of which had podcasts like the dollop or uh, do you need a ride Chris Fairbanks co-hosts that and so and Gareth Reynolds and, and Chris Fairbanks and all these different people and there were certain fans, especially of Do You Need a Ride, who wound up listening to mine. And, and it was just like, it, it, when you start feeling even a little bit in that ecosystem uh, as a stand-up or as a podcast or as a band, uh, I could describe it as siphoning fans from other places. Yeah, sure. I mean, like, yeah, I, I, like I'm okay with... Yeah. I'm totally okay with glomming onto somebody else's, you know, like riding someone's coattails because like they've done more work and they have more clout than me. And if I can get on their radar and get them to like, you know, the most exciting thing is to like have my show mentioned on a podcast that's bigger than mine that I know has like an actual, like pretty decent fan base. And they're like, oh yeah, this podcast, this guy, Brad Pearson, Self-Works, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yes, I exist. I'm actually doing something like, I exist outside of my own consciousness. People are aware of me, I'm perceived, you know? Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, it's it's just been, I don't know, it's just, it's just been so odd here. I've, I've got my own space and it's really cool, but like sometimes I think I like it too much, you know? I'm just like, pull up the you know pull up the shades no way just right like, just your 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 apartment your little yeah minions do you, do you think of yourself as as uh as more of an introvert or an extrovert i have no idea i honestly don't know and i feel like i'm open and i like i feed off of talking to people but then i'll go into uh Sometimes I will just get tired of yeah. being in a thing, especially if it's in my own space. Like if I were having a party at my place and let's say my, like Sarah was there with me and we were, I would by like hour three, I, I, you know what I have to do? I have to take frequent breaks. I'll like go to the bedroom and like sit down. I've definitely done that at like a lengthy get together where I just like need to take five. And uh, I think ultimately I'm, I'm pretty extroverted just because I really enjoy uh, like talking to people and learning sure. stuff, trying to make them. You're, you're a performer. I mean, you get up on stage and you do stuff. So, you know, like, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, I've been striving for that relatability in a lot of different um, avenues for a long time. Uh, you know, my band, Brutal Nights was just like all of our songs were kind of silly kind of 20 something to 30 something or whatever like relatable moods and behaviors I mean I had an album called Living By Yourself you know <laughs> and it was like uh, and a song called you know anxiety or yeah. oil yourself you know? I mean living alone not gonna lie living alone fucking rules like i i, I haven't for a long time now 
Um, but I did briefly when I was living in Minneapolis and like, it was fucking great. I also had a dog at the time too. So it was just me and my dog and like, wasn't anything better than that. And like, yeah, it, it was, it was also a Minnesotan winter. So it was like, I'm just going to stay in and like, this is, this is my little space. And I, I kind of dug it, man. I'm not going to lie. Well, I mean, I'm also in a very good position where there's like my friends living in the building, my partner, so she's living in the building. <laughs> So wow. <laughs> it's like a very intriguing kind of. You have separate units with your partner in yeah. in the same building. Pretty much, yeah. Interesting. I, I can just take her dog off her hands and help her out there. And, you know, he's good company sometimes. And, and But I've also found that in this exact time frame, it does kind of you know isolation uh like not <laughs> being like baby we both have different places let's just chill for now it's like let's just lock ourselves in our own worry you know is is more prevalent i don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing you know um i would hate to sort of put too much on another person so again i think ultimately that's positive i just want to make sure i have rent bruh yeah and uh yeah um i don't mean to sound so down about that but my god i mean they talk about depression you know it's like i think adhd depression is very circumstantial in that it the circumstance is that it's hard you know when you screw up you know it's very devastating when you're not able to get the thing you know, when you're not it feel like you're able to do the responsible thing or, you know, it's that's the, or, you know, that's depressing. And so or that you've upset people, uh, failed somebody, you know, so it's I, it's an interesting a lot of things with ADD, I think, are strangely in between clinical and circumstantial, if that makes any sense. I'm sure I'm kind of like. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, totally. You know, like, uh, and, but I was actually talking about this today too. Like, I think sometimes people go, well, you know, what I have is actually a symptom of like trauma. I guess we did probably talk about this on self worth, where it's just like the idea that, you know, it's a, it, it's an easily trauma, it's a disorder where you can be feel traumatized a little more easily, I think. And, uh, or something close to trauma, whatever it is. And sometimes people go, or, and PTSD is the same. So the symptoms might resemble bipolarity. The symptoms might resemble uh, BPD even, something very serious. Um, not that bipolarity isn't. Or clinical depression. However, maybe it's stemming from, you know, ADHD, taking things hard, rejection sensitivity, dysphoria, yeah. which is not a medically acknowledged thing, by the way of rejection sensitive dysphoria and um but the fact is it's the symptoms that are hurting you you know if it, it, it it's those that are the really difficult uh things emotionally um so at some point i don't know if the reason for these like symptoms so to speak like matters so much as just controlling the symptoms and and then you know i don't know that's weird. 
man. Yeah, I mean, you can have your own theories on which particular uh, you know, mental illness, mental health ailment it might be, if it's OCD, if it's autism spectrum, if it's uh, ADHD, if it's borderline, if it's, uh, if it's bipolar. I think there's a, there's a Venn diagram. They sort of overlap. It's like a, it's like a big, it's like the Olympics rings, you know, there's like, there's, they all kind of cross over each other. Um, and so like, so long as, and that's why I think having a more robust understanding of mental health, um, really helps if you are like even if you are sure that you only have like one thing like i'm an ocd guy i'm a depression guy it helps to kind of know the whole gestalt of mental illness because you're gonna notice that you have things in common with people with, with other issues and they're gonna have little tricks they're gonna have little coping strategies and you know shortcuts and 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 ways of bypassing um their triggers or whatever it is that they do like however they like manage and cope get through the day that you might be able to add to your arsenal yeah and and um that's been something i've noticed is as things sometimes have gotten more challenging under these circumstances some i haven't really been able to follow some of what i've wanted to do as much like not to, I feel like it sounds so trite, but it's like meditation used to be like a huge part of in my day. I'd started, but then I felt like I was getting up too late and I didn't want to do that. But I journal like every day. And, uh, you know, I have to force myself outside. And sometimes I'm like, no, you don't want to go. You want to just hang out. And then when I do get outside, I'm like, ah, oh, this is good. You know, well, again, like I, the, the, the pandemic and then the Omicron wave forced us once again to like make our own schedules and be really reliant on our own willpower to do shit that we don't necessarily want to do in the moment, but we know overall is going to help us things like exercise, journaling, meditation, that's going to boost our overall like boost, like lift the floor of our mental uh of our mood but uh isn't necessarily something that we want to do in the moment because i feel like yeah naturally uh i think this isn't like a mental health thing i think this is just a human condition thing naturally i think humans are just kind of like lazy and want to for uh, follow the path of least resistance you know and you have to kind of will yourself out of that and like when you're already like when you see uh I don't know, when, when you see not only uh, the immediate world around you be kind of like scary and unpredictable and people are getting sick, people are dying. And then like outside of that scope, it's just like, it's all like you see civilization just kind of like kind of going in weird places and possibly falling apart. Then you're just like, okay, so I don't like, where's my willpower? Like, I, I don't. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing, right? Is, uh like today I woke up, I played a bit of video games like you would have a cup of coffee. And I'm kind of like, you gotta not, or not say you gotta not, maybe experiment with trying it like a treat, like a reward rather than something to sort of start your day and feel nice after you start it, which is great. But maybe for me, it would be better if I'm getting up a little later to do it. You know. But then you go, oh, now I'm playing it late at night. 
I haven't fucked with video games in a minute. I do like them, but like I just haven't had a system in a long time. So it's just been like a um I don't know. It just it just hasn't uh been one of my uh I know I know that it's like a thing for uh especially ADHD people. It's like a it's a it's a dopamine lever, you know. Um, but I, I just haven't had that no, for a while. Good. That's good. I mean it definitely if you're doing an hour, if you're doing like two podcast things in a row over two hours and you have a partner living with you and you're working your job and you want to nap, mm-hmm. you know, your dreams are the video games. <laughs> and and, and uh, I, I mean, just getting back to what we were talking about, I, it, it's about this struggle for me, you, like you were saying about, about the, you, you were putting it like laziness, you know, and, and uh path of least resistance versus you know doing something and and realizing oh this is actually better and that's i think i'm all grandiose about it i think that that's the, a, an issue that we're facing right now is like intuition versus urge and like what's the you know the urge can be mistaken for intuition which i think is kind of what's happened with some of the more egregious uh say like anti I vaccine or or you know because I don't actually care about people feeling one way or the other like I said I don't really have kids like I understand you know in fear of needles <laughs> but uh you know when I see people protesting outside of hospitals or when I see people just turning it into this fantasy much greater than what they are in they, they could uh, execute in their power where it's all about oh like you know government is gonna do something bad to us or these guys want in you know it's it's like how are how secure are you that you're able to just like fantasize this much you know yeah. about uh i'm just worried about you know whatever's happening in my day to day and and um, and then making jokes about lots of other things and, you know, maybe fantasizing about mental health, health theories or something. But yeah, so, so I, we, I think we've just lived in a society that has profited off of the, you know, urges being fulfilled. And they've really kind of, it's merged with like our instinct. So it's like, yeah, my instinct's to eat the donut. Oh, wait, it's an urge, you know? My yeah. instinct to buy another copy of GTA 5 so I can flip it. That's called entrepreneurship. That's different. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. I mean, like, I, I think that that's um, uh, kind of the, 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 the lure that, that capitalism has given us uh, is that it can, if you live within it, you can get all of the, you know, just, just, food and sensory rewards that you want um and you can live in this sort of blissful state of comfort and if anything interrupts that then it it's gonna like even if it's for a good reason like oh you're gonna have to be uncomfortable for a minute because the greater good requires that we contain this thing and and all work together for a minute and it's not going to be fun we're not going to like it nobody wants to wear fucking masks nobody likes it i don't fucking like wearing a mask I mean, I think but it- like i do you know 
and um hate it. It, it, to, to, yeah i hate it it fucking it, it's so fucking annoying i'm so tired of it but like i'll do it i'll still wear one in public spaces on the train at the grocery store whatever um because i I, I don't want to put my just like base urges to be comfortable and do whatever I want above other people's real needs. And on some level, I mean, my intuition rather than my urge is that the more that you do something like this, the big, greater the chance of not having to do it in the future. Or, it, you know, uh, so it maybe that maybe i'm wrong you know but that at least is what powers me to continue that and also there are countries where people have been doing that long before uh COVID hit so it's it's just but yeah intuition versus urge is like i mean this is the problem i have all these like thoughts and then it's like then you execute it's also yeah like i just by the time it gets to behavior and i'm like oh spoonful of nutella i will i i i feel like you know your own discipline with yourself and how you spend your time or uh exercise or don't exercise or eat or whatever uh is is pretty is is i see the similarity um, with with like a society's response to you know to, to, to inconveniencing inconveniencing themselves uh, momentarily, but um, the thing is like that only affects you. Like if you're going to eat a spoonful of Nutella and right. you know if you're going to just like like jerk off three times a day or whatever, you know like with the spoon with the spoon with the Nutella, you just I mean you go right into that Nutella, um, but yeah i don't know it's <sighs> i mean it's a it's a it's 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 a you know how do you solve it yeah i i don't know like i've i've fucking given up like that's the thing like i feel so um what's the word Dream. over the last couple of years grizzled i think is the word by now i'm just kind of like i don't fucking care anymore like i just i it's i think i heard you say it actually on your um on on your podcast during a solo episode where you said just like i find it really hard to even like really care about anything anymore <laughs> like and i was just like yeah dude i feel you because it just feels like it just it, like how could this how could the last two years especially not just completely fucking black pill you you know yeah. I mean, on, on some level, I, I think that's, that's true, you know, but, and, but, but what I was going to say also about that, like, j just getting back to that thing about, you know, gratification or whatever versus like what you are, you're actually telling yourself you should do is, um, you know, a lot of people who get um, viewed as whatever, like libertarian capitalist, like, you know, or, or uh, people who are just like over, over, over the uh, whatever, the trucker convoy people here in Canada, all that. Like, these are not people who are completely undisciplined whatsoever. You know, like these are people who maybe uh, took, learned how to operate a crane or and do Muay Thai or all kinds of things. And it's about the reward for that being maybe 
interrupt it. You know, the reward for going to work five days a week and working and, and having gone to school is suddenly compromised and, and, and whatever neurosis people have about their children. <laughs> I, I mean, I remember, yeah, I remember seeing a tweet, uh, like this was during like, kind of like the first wave when like cases were still like out of control and somebody said something to the effect of like, I can't believe telling people that they had to go to work and risk getting COVID, but they couldn't go out and like hang out with their friends afterward, uh, didn't work, yeah. you know? Cause like, that's, that was the message it was just like, no, you have to fucking work. You have to go, get out of your house and do the thing you don't want to do, but you can't leave your house to do the things that you want to do. And everybody was just like, yeah, fuck you. You need to accept that that's a, a real message that was sent our way, you know, was, oh, you can't hang out with anybody, but like, please keep consuming. Like, please, yeah. you know, watch as much as you can get like 19th Street. I think like at the peak of the pandemic, I had so many streaming type service charges in a month. I'd just be like, what is this? You know, and and uh, I mean, people have Zoom premium. You kidding me? I got Zoom Premium. Uh, you know, Zoom Premium is fine. Yeah. I can't I'm just, you know, uh, what do you call it? Trying to trying to make myself feel better there. But I mean, I I I um I write it off on my taxes. That's right. That's how I justify it because it was like, oh, it's a cost. It's a that's a operating cost. In the moment, can't be written off. So if yeah. I have a little extra, oh, it's getting written off. But then if it's not not right, I can't afford it. But, uh, so um, you were saying uh, that you have like you have trouble a lot of times like getting around to uh, editing your interview episodes. I, I, and I was kind of curious like why that is. Uh, well, currently, it's just because you know one of them, I think I like really had a bad audio situation come up. I don't know how it happened, but I essentially recorded one person on a mic and me on my voice memo. So I have to like sync the voice memo with the mic and in my head, that's just like so much. And then, you know, a lot of the time they're an hour plus uh, for, and for me just kind of listening to uh, myself and, and all the slip ups or I, uh, that I view, all the stuff I'm listening, then getting in my head about what's interesting and how much or how little to leave in um it's a great challenge but i've just been out of pocket with it or you know like i've been out of the pocket with it a little bit and then i wasn't booking interviews for quite a while and now i do have a couple and and part of you know why i thought it was important that we talk was just because like yeah i gotta get more interviews going you know there's no reason not to so um I definitely plan this year on being more systematic with uh, releasing interviews. And, and I'm not precious about giving people a fairly <laughs> unedited version. It's just, honestly, when I do have even a moment of crosstalk with somebody, or I say, um, uh, no, not um, but, but if I say, uh-huh, underneath somebody talking, <laughs> it drives me crazy. You know? uh, yeah, it's I mean, um, I have had to just sort of get used to that myself. And um, 
and understand that like people people do talk a certain way i don't i there's very few podcasts that i listen to though like if i'm really listening where nobody says um or uh or like yeah. has like a weird moment where they set the mic down or like they like you know like that's kind of the fun of listening to a podcast especially the kind of more lo-fi ones is like they'll uh, forget something and they'll have to like Google it right, right in the middle. And they forget to take that part out while they just like put the mic down and they're just like typing it in. You can like hear them clattering on their keyboard and stuff. And I was like, I actually kind of like that stuff in there. Cause it feels like you're actually sitting there with them. By the way, Joe Rogan, you know, does that. So it's, it's just, uh, I think, and he's got, you know, one of the most popular podcasts out there. So I think that kind of, sets the bar for what people accept a little bit you know so and that and that's been present in you know wtf you could name a bunch of podcasts that ha are very successful that have done that it's not so much that it's more when i get in my head about interrupting or or uh adding nothing but making a sound you know and and, and that's uh but, but again it's you can take all that out so it, it's just getting to that and, and being able to do it. Also, I have not 100% faith in knowing exactly what's the most interesting. And that's why a producer would be the best for me is because I just think, you know, drawing out the gems and uh, most of it is, is fun and the flow is fun, but, but trying to control it a little bit. And it almost feels like, again, it's kind of an ADHD thing. You can sort of really keep people wrapped or you can think you're really keeping people wrapped, but you're actually keeping them prisoner. Right. <laughs> you're talking. Well, see, the thing is, like, it's it's different because I know what you're talking about. With like, I will. And this is something that I've really had to pay attention to, especially with like kind of like uh, going out in the world again and relearning how to socialize or whatever, um, and, and talking to people just more, much more frequently um you know forcing myself to talk to like basically a stranger a week you know through my podcast uh is like i will be sometimes in the middle of a sentence and in my head i'm already performing the calculus of like how long should i go on do they look bored with what i'm saying it, it like Am, am I like giving like a weird vibe, blah, blah, blah. Like all of this like social anxiety stuff that comes up that it's just like, uh, am, I, am I talking too loud? Am I talking, am I making sense? Am I boring them, blah, blah, blah. Um, and like that, I have to be like a little bit more conscious of when I'm talking to somebody in person. But uh, when it's on a podcast, I feel like there are those just sort of like dull moments on podcasts and again, your audience, uh, they'll either stick with you through those kind of boring moments or they'll press fast forward. You yeah. know, like it's it, it, like that you're, you're not cornering them at a, at a party and talking their ear off. And like, they're, they're just like, they can't wait for you to shut the fuck up. It's, they'll just be like, okay, like I'll skip ahead a little bit. Cause you know, like it's, it's different. I mean, they have control over the timeline of the conversation. Now all I can think of is the beauty and joy of cornering someone at a party, being a punisher, as they as they <laughs> used to call it for bands. Um, no, that that's really good, and I think 
uh, there's an element to what you were talking about during the podcast where you're kind of getting your head about it. You know, there is an element of that kind of calculation as a performer or as someone, whatever, broadcasting, <laughs> borderline broadcasting on their pod, where it's good to do that, you know, to be conscious. And I think the issue always becomes, you know, when that becomes an obstacle to the conversation where you actually don't feel like you, you know, you don't pursue certain thoughts or you don't pursue taking it uh, in the direction you exactly wanted to because you were so anxious about how it was coming off. So uh, moderation, am I right? Yeah. I mean, again, like as, as an ADHD person, like rejection, sensitive dysphoria, um, I feel like having like a, um, I mean, every time I say this, um, I feel really weird about saying it, but I feel like I'm, uh, just because a lot of people who will say that they're an empath, you know, like they tend to be like actually fucking sociopaths. Um, but, or, or just like straight up narcissists or whatever. But like, I do feel like I am fairly empathetic and can pick up pretty keenly on people's cues and sometimes overread them if they just like, if, if they're like, maybe like uh, slightly like distracted or whatever, like while I'm talking to them, I'll take that really personally. And it'll like, like really like derail me and make me feel really bad for like two weeks when they were just like, Oh yeah, no, I just like, I had a lot on my mind and I wasn't exactly listening to you, but like, you're fine. Like, I like you. I like talking to you. I'm glad you came up and talked to me, but like, I just wasn't like in a great mood then. Sorry. That was more about me, but like the way I feel it when I'm talking to them and they're disinterested or whatever, or, or they don't like what I'm saying, then like, then I'm just like, Oh, I'm a piece of shit and I should never talk to anybody and everybody hates me. I should kill myself. I remember you know? a couple of times at parties where someone I kind of knew but liked would pass by and they go, hey, how's it going? And then they would kind of like be brushing by to be like, okay, see you. And they, but like I would audibly say that in that kind of a voice. And then there were like two times where the person was like, no, no, I saw you. I just had to say hi to this person over here. But man, I think those people must hate me now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the, the over analyzation is really hard to get away from um and it's really just been like the more I talk to people and the more I like kind of push myself through those awkward moments and understand that like uh, even if like you know you 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 talk to somebody at a party for a second and like you go off on some weird tangent you're you're talking about some like kids in the hall sketch or whatever and they don't know what the fuck you're talking about for like a second it doesn't mean that they like hate you and never want to talk to you again. It just means like, oh, that was, that was weird, but it's fine. Cause how many times have you talked to somebody who you genuinely like talking to and you want to see them again, but for a minute they said something kind of stupid or they said something kind of, you know, like boring or whatever. And you're kind of just like, eh, not right now. I'm not in the mood for this or like, whatever. I want to get out of this conversation, but you still like them, you know? So like, have like, you know, just do the math and like assume that like maybe they like could possibly feel the same way about you. Well, maybe that's an upside of the whole pandemic then is that we've now realized that almost all types of peaceful socializing are good. <laughs> Action yeah. valuable. So it doesn't matter if someone's talking about 
the MCU, and you could you're a DC uh, stand, you know. Right. Uh, give them time. Give them you. Let's uh, tell me about Hawkeye. Tell yeah, it's just it's also it's also so much more low stakes, I think, than than we tend to make it in our heads. Um, just because, like, I feel so mortified at the idea of being like, uh, you know, coming off wrong or 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 unlikable to somebody. But like, what does it fucking matter? Like, honestly, like, don't we have bigger fish to fry? Like. Aren't there bigger problems in the world? Like, isn't this like you might not see this not the biggest deal if you fucking like bore somebody for a second? Even if they do hate you, you know, you're both gonna be locked in your apartment in come March. Yeah, who gives a shit? Like we're all gonna we're all gonna like yeah, be be in quarantine again or like eventually, you know, fucking die in a water riot in 10 years. So like who cares? We're all gonna be like, fucking shooting each other with crossbows pretty soon. God, I gotta learn crossbow. Well, I have Link's crossbow training for Wii, so maybe I'll be able to save myself. I also have a copy of uh, uh, Resident Evil: The Umbrella Chronicles, which is a Wii shooter. Something people should remember about the Nintendo Wii is that because it has the like motion control, you can put an old gun thing, and you can those shooting type games are quite quite fun on them. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's like one of the best features of the Wii is you can actually like have like the like Area Fifty One style arcade shooter. Which is right. Starring Aerosmith. Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt, the cl the classic. The classic, the OG. Well, what have you in? This is. I hope this is a good question. What have you kind of learned or not learned about ADHD? Your own in this the last year or so you know um what have you noticed what have you not noticed i've become a lot more sensitive i think to my triggers and my moods and just like kind of my overall um mood levels mm. uh particularly like anger and frustration levels and and being able to spot them earlier on like when it's rising when things are starting to pile up um and when like because when i get to a breaking point when too many things pile up and i'm overwhelmed uh and i'm too frustrated then i just like completely fucking just spin out and i'm a different person i'm just like angry you know, just want to destroy things, you know, self-harm, whatever, it's bad. Uh, like the trick is to like not let things compound until they get to that, that space. Uh, and I've had some success in doing that. I don't always, like I just had like, you know, I was patting myself on the back last week because I was having like a stressful day. Our dog was, uh, you know, I had to have like this little uh, like, it wasn't a big deal, but it was just have this like thing taken off of her lip and like I'm very protective of her and like it was just like a lot and you know like it went fine but like that was stressful and the weather was really bad and I was just out in like wet soggy boots all day walking dogs and shit. And I was just like, oh, I actually like managed to kind of ride that out and then the next day some shit went wrong I forgot some fucking keys again the fucking keys I'd go back down to the office and all this shit and then like 
and one dog snapped into another dog and there was just like a lot like of just like stressful things happened at once and I just had a complete fucking meltdown you know and and it just like was like well okay caught up with me I lost that one you know and um days of bullshit with one day of tolerating it yeah exactly like I I I try to not beat myself up too much and and just sort of like get back on the horse if I do like have a little bit of a, a little bit of a meltdown um and just be like okay uh feel better now champ let's get back out there and like just keep you know like i i feel like i've just gotten um tougher i guess through through the course of the pandemic just because uh everything's been really hard uh and like there's there's just been so many varying levels of uh suffering and misery uh, for everybody and like you know obviously a lot of people are have it a lot worse, you know, frontline workers and blah, blah, blah. I feel like I have to qualify this every time I say it, like that, like a lot of people are really in like the trenches in hell on earth. Um, but, uh, you know, for everybody, uh, like it's been a really hard, stressful time. And I think it's hardened all of us. Yeah. And also within all of that, I think the media is sort of not the media, but I just mean media in general has sent slightly mixed messages you know there's this kind of fantasy world of pete davidson and kim kardashian and all these people that i i i'm starting to think we're being dared to care about people as special who are less and less special ever. Yeah. and maybe what it means is everyone is special but yeah, it, it's uh, that that's true. I think we're hardened. I mean, something that I noticed was about ADHD was was maybe it's like riding a bicycle again, uh, never forgetting how to ride a bicycle. I think sometimes when you have this, you can really feel like you don't know how to do things you've already done just because you're not currently doing them. And I found when I was sort of, whether it was going back to stand up or going back to like a part-time job I had to do, I actually came back and was fine. I was actually so used to it that I was almost felt like I had improved because I, you know, and, and trying to remember that, you know, ha has been helpful. Uh, I think, and, and, and then also there was something with ADHD where it was, um, the idea of, you know, knowing your limits in terms of the amount of things you can do. I'm still trying to figure that out. That's something I've learned, but not applied necessarily. And, yeah. you know, it's, uh, but, but, and, and the idea of, you know, people always go, Oh, here's my superpower. I, I can't handle any of that talk. I can't handle, uh, I kind of can't handle like online communities based around disorders most of the time. It feels like it's some kind of branding that is. A lot of it's real precious. A lot of like the Instagram mental health stuff with the like cute slides and stuff is a little bit like, ugh. The squirrel, you know, we're all tired of people sort of using those kinds of things. But, um, one thing I would say is a positive about 
you know, having this disorder that maybe everyone else has, I don't know. But like things passing, things being really in the moment. So you could have that great day and then the next day you have this horrible day where it feels like the day before didn't even matter. And it's kind of, the thing to remember is, well, the day, that day didn't matter the next day except that you kind of remember that you had one day where you were in a good mood, another day where you were in a bad mood. Does that make any sense? Like, it's just like where, you know, the, the dopamine rush uh, of having a good thing is really, really uh, a big feeling. And I think that helps a lot in terms of just coping with the bad times. That's all. Hmm. Yeah, I get that. Kind of the validation stuff, not so much like I just played two hours of Fortnite, and you know, but maybe I just played two hours of Fortnite with my friend, and we were talking the whole time, and we got we won, you know, like that's kind of a nice thing, you know. Anyway, but I know we are pretty much at the far end of of uh, an hour. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I. I you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, man, it was good to it was good to see you. It was good to catch up again. Um, you know, I uh, let's do this more often, and I, I I would like to have you back on the show, and um, I you know I, I hope someday you know we can we can do some traveling and shit. You know, and like you can come to New York, we can get to Toronto, whatever. You know, uh, hang hang out in the meat space in the real world. I, I mean, I will be in New York at, at some point, I'm sure of it. And uh, I can't wait. And we'll definitely hang out. And whatever reason might take you to Toronto, we'll hang out there too. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Minneapolis, I'll see you there. All right. Nebraska, Omaha, I'll see you there. You, you, I mean, if, if you ever have a reason to go to uh, Nebraska, I can, I can show you around there. Ooh. I can tell you some places to go. Lincoln. Um, Lincoln. Show me Lincoln. That's Brad. Be sure to check out selfworst.com. Find Selfworst on Instagram. Uh, listen to episodes of Selfworst. He's had great guests, great episodes. Really thoughtful guy um, with an urgency that I understand all too well. You know what I mean? Like, we're thinking. We're thinking a lot, some of us. I'm not saying we're smarter than anybody at all, but sometimes some of our brains are like a really sped up game of ping pong played by two people who've never played ping pong before sometimes played by three all right the radiator is making noises so i'm gonna go follow me twitter nick flynn weekly nick flynn game weekly on instagram all that good stuff enjoy your day good night. nick flanagan weekly